0: Oh my. It's another edition of the Off the Pitch podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Mike Martinego. I'm on Twitter at Mike Martinego. How you doing, everyone? <laughs> Not good. Why am I laughing? I'm not laughing at you. Loads to get into. Of course, the OTP podcast at the province.com. Province Sports Radio. It's on soundcloud.com slash off the pitch. Hey, everyone. We're on iTunes now. So you can stop tweeting me about it. I'm kidding. I enjoy the tweets. It's just a sarcastic bit. It's just a bit, everyone. Relax. Um, Did I say I was on Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot, a lot to get into. The Elliot Friedman edition of Off the Pitch, where Ryan Lochte scores every goal. Um, enough about that. No, but seriously, there's loads to get into. Whitecaps FC. It was uh, well, you you know what happened on Friday night. In fact, I you know I was thinking. Here I am. It's a Friday match. A, a Wonderful. I love late starts. Um, 8 p.m. start. Awesome, right? People still late for it. <laughs> but I figured, you know what? I could do the podcast on Saturday. Knock it off, right? I, I think I needed a couple of days to really um, get over that one. Not because I was heartbroken by any stretch. But, my goodness, that was, that was difficult to watch on Friday night. That was an ugly match and and you know we've we me uh, others have used words like uh desperate and urgent or urgency desire you didn't get a big sense of that on friday when the caps fell to the san jose earthquakes Ugh. just a bad bad 90 plus minutes we will look back at that match Uh, loads to get into plenty of talking points um, some well not so many talking points I suppose I don't know how long this will go I could probably just go five minutes this week because it, it was a very very ugly effort and this this club this squadron as I like to say very much trending in the wrong direction right now at the worst possible time uh, but, but Portland did it last year. Whose voice is that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't I don't know if Portland was this bad at this uh, present time, winless in five. Just uh, one win in their last eight matches and a pretty nasty schedule to come. So uh, we'll look at a lot of caps. We'll take a brief look at Major League Soccer. And, and then really uh, just a crapload of other things to get to. The Canadian women uh, at the Olympics here, as they prepare for uh, Germany, and you're probably listening to this, uh, and this match is taking place, or it's um, already done. Uh, Canada lost. Everyone, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's the prediction I'm going with. They, but they were very surprising to me, anyways. In the group, um, I mean, they didn't look good in their second game. You know they, they, they win their first, and they do win their second, but it wasn't, it wasn't very overwhelming. And then I thought, well, you want to lose to Germany. You want to finish second. No, they take top spot in the group. They get a difficult match in France, and then they win. And that was a very good performance, uh, with the exception of, of that crossbar. And I think it, it went off a Canadian defender. Canada really played well against the French uh, last Friday. It was a very, very impressive performance, and here they are against the Germans in the semifinals of the uh, Women's Olympic Tournament. Uh, so we'll touch on that. The Premier League, no longer the Barclays, everyone, just the Premier League with their new graphics and all. Talk about that a little later on as uh, plenty of high-end managers got, uh, well, two of them anyways, got their first taste in English football. Uh, Champions League playoff for the group stage. Look ahead to Spain, Italy, Germany as those leagues get going in a week's time. Uh, of course, if you're listening to OTP, well you you sure know that it's brought to you by our friends at Milano Coffee on Denman in Vancouver. It's on the corner of Denman and Harrow serving award-winning espresso, homemade gelato. For more info, visit their website milanocoffee.ca. Give them a follow on Twitter. At Milano Denman, Milano Coffee, West Coast Hard Italian Soul. I'm not trying to be creepy. Okay, a lot of energy right now. What is wrong with me? It's probably the Milano Coffee. So Whitecaps FC. I'm I'm the, the pen right now is hitting the table. I I don't know what to do. Where do I go with this one? Uh, prior to the match. Carl Robinson, some of you call him Robbo. I call him Rabo. Um, Carl Robinson kind of gave the impression that he was going to make maybe a, a bold move or two. Bold moves. Um, I don't know the need for the echo there, but he gave the idea that maybe, just maybe, he was going to do something with that back line because. Uh, and and while I've gone on about how it starts at the front and this midfield is bad, folks, but the back line they they've committed some some pretty poor errors as a group, individually. So Robbo gave this impression that maybe he was going to pull the string, and maybe he was going to make a move. I threw it out there on Twitter. I said, "Is he gonna is he gonna do this? Is he gonna sit Kendall Waston, You know, the best defender in the league." Tongue. Firmly in cheek. Um, he didn't. He didn't. He fooled. I guess he didn't fool me. Uh, he, he, maybe a minor trick. I thought he was going to pull the string, but he, he wasn't showing his cards in the end. And the, all the moves that were um, potentially anticipated, not not only at the back, but through the lineup, not really there. What, Christian Teixeira, the only difference really uh, from the, from the week prior in the, in that loss to Colorado. Um, yeah, <laughs> where do you go with this one? The Caps had a, a fairly decent chance that they completely wasted. And I don't even know if it resulted in a, with a, a shot on target when Giles Barnes made a nice darting run forward. And Christian Bolaños had plenty of space and they just completely crapped the bed. And that was fairly early on. and, and quite frankly the rest of the way with the exception of a late Blas Perez chance and Vancouver finally getting on the board and and they were going for what they were they were going for a good looking hat trick there of 2-0 defeats they finally get on the board there through who the hell scored that goal uh Nicholas Mesquita with the ex- exception of that and again that Perez chance I mean this was all San Jose there there was you know this was a team that looks like it has fallen um drastically over the past little while here. And 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 probably when I say little while, I'm I'm looking at about two months. Um late June into all through July. Yes, there was a win there against RSL, but now through to August and, and as we approach deep into August, because as I mentioned, the schedule ahead Three straight losses, by the way, but this schedule ahead, Saturday at Sporting Kansas City, the following Saturday, at the StubHub Center against the Los Angeles Galaxy. The schedule doesn't get easy. Oh, wait, they got to come home Saturday, September the 3rd, for a match against the New York Red Bulls. That's a very decent team. This is going to be a very, very tough stretch, aside right now, that uh, has has seemingly been stuck on 30 points for quite a while. And guess what? 30 points ain't gonna do much. And it seems as though and and I think Robo is kind of adjusting on the fly as some of the opposition have have played some matches and, and made up points or have kind of stayed status quo. Uh, but it seems as though you know that projection has dropped a bit in terms of how many points are required to get to the Major League Soccer postseason. Uh, I think initially it was like 50-51. Now they're trying to say, oh, maybe 45-48. And it could very well be the case. Um, But you're really not going to get much if you finish sixth in that Western Conference Uh, (laughs) unless you pull out all the stops and somehow come up big and somehow get great performances from your key players, which, quite frankly, the Caps haven't gotten in quite some time. A very, very, did I say very, very difficult match on Friday night from, well, an entertainment aspect. Uh, that was, that, it was just piss poor, really. And and they were they were showing up, Vancouver. I mean, Simon Dawkins and Quincy Amiroqua were just running ragged on the Caps. Uh, both of them getting goals. I, I'm, perhaps I was a touch harsh on Matias Lava when it looked like he ducked on that corner. He took a little shove in the back. But I will say this. The fact that Matias Lava's got to be a bit stronger on that one. You know, Unless you are falling square on your face and really trying to sell a foul, then a little push in the back, it's not going to do much. And he, you know what, that little push off there afforded the space to Amiroqua. Could a foul have been called, I suppose, but we've seen so much more physical play, shirt pulling, elbows, etc., etc. A little push in the back wasn't going to do much, and Amiroqua puts San Jose on the board. Now, David Ostead on that goal, and and I saw on on Twitter over the past couple days, the ball didn't cross the line. It may not have. Again, who was that voice? It may not have crossed the line completely. Um, Goal line technology, anyone? It, It looked like it did, though. But, but, we have to add, and I threw it out there on Friday night, David Osted didn't really do himself any favors, did he? Now, I, I, I don't. I don't even know how to describe that one because Amiraquah gets the header on target, and it wasn't really a a bullet header. It wasn't something that was just so forceful and so strong. I didn't get that impression. Now, granted, uh, David O said he's in goal, so maybe he's got another story. But it just seemed that David O said's footing. Was all wrong, and he was kind of falling back. And he caught that ball, but he was falling back. His weight was pushing him backwards, and he falls in with the ball over the line. And I've said it before, and I and I've I think of all players on this side. And I talked about MVP conversation. Um, was it last time out? I, I I think, you know, David Osted for the most part this year has been good. He has made some absolutely crucial saves. I've said this numerous times. The Caps could very well be on 20 points right now without David Osted. But you have to say, he hasn't been the David Osted of last season. The Caps haven't been the Caps of last season. Uh, but Osted ha- has given up a couple of ugly ones this year. Um, have they been... Game-changers every single time? Yes and no, I suppose. Yes, because that one, say on Friday, a 1-0 goal. Uh, but did, did you really ever see a, a spark from the Caps? A spark going forward that they were going to find something and try to equalize quickly? You certainly didn't. Um, by halftime in that match, San Jose could have easily had three or four goals uh, based on, well, just missed opportunities, Maybe an Ostead save here and or there, but this was this was a bad looking cap side and and it's just not Friday as we've talked about. It's been an ongoing thing here. If you go back to that that Colorado Colorado match, they were second best, the a distant second best, by the way. The FC Dallas match, you know, there was a flurry there where it all went sideways. Yes, they got, went to Houston and got a point, but they didn't look good in that one either and you go back all the way to july the 16th when they got a 2-2 draw at home against orlando city and breaking news everyone orlando's not good yes they have kaka uh, yes they have a pretty lousy antonio nocherino yes they have kyle laren who can score some goals but they're not that good and they made uh, there was a huge trek across the continent for Ola- orlando and the caps and and that sweet sweet fortress of BC Place again sarcastic, uh, I they're not doing themselves any favors. Much like David Osted didn't do himself fa- a favor on that on that one 0 goal, uh, their home record and I've 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 beaten this one likely to death. Their home record is trash. It's not good. Um, Thirteen matches played. That's a possible thirty-nine points. Five wins, three draws, or excuse me, five draws and three defeats, for a total of twenty points. Twenty of thirty-nine from home matches. It's not going to do it. And and there might have been some confusion last week on the uh, on the program on the podcast. And I talked about uh, teams, the good sides anyways, especially in that Western conference, having to win uh, their matches. They just win their matches or they at least take points. and and, and I guess the devil's advocate to that is, well, well, the caps, I mean, they, they've they've won and they've got a lot of draws because prior to this weekend's uh, this past weekend's match, they were at five wins and five draws and just two defeats. But when you look at the top of that Western Conference and you see how crucial uh, teams' play is at home. FC Dallas, 9 victories, 4 draws. How many defeats? Zero. Colorado, 9 wins, 3 draws. Defeats? Zero. Opens up a little with the LA Galaxies and the RSLs of the world who've basically gone 6 wins and 6 draws or 6 wins and 5 draws. But again zero defeats and when you try to compare the point totals of say a colorado who've taken uh, 30 of a possible 36 points from their home matches against a vancouver who've taken 20 from 39 well uh i mean backs against the wall stuff for whitecaps fc even again 20 of 39 for home is awful That's just flat out bad. There's no other way to say it. If the Caps, and their away record, by the way, not that bad. It's not that bad. Picking up three victories away from home is fairly decent for Major League Soccer. If the Caps had, say, gotten 30 of a possible 39 points from home, tack 10 points on, they're in third place in the Western Conference. They're just not taking care of business, BTO. BTO. At home, they're not. And that will likely be um, the the dagger in their season. Now, it's not all done and dusted. It's not over. You know, when, when you look at things here, they've played 25. They got nine matches to go. So, yes, uh, good things could possibly happen. But as I mentioned before, they are trending the wrong way. Now, Again, for the thirty-second time, could they save their season? Of course, but when you look at the schedule ahead and when you look at the previous matches, do you really have a a good feeling about things? Do you really look at things and say, you know what? I think they can turn this around, because when they got to go to way, go away to Sporting Kansas City and then LA, oh, and then have a Cock-A-Calf Champions League in the middle there. Against Sporting Kansas City, I, I just don't see it R- right as of right now. Unless unless they somehow turn the tide at Sporting Kansas City on Saturday, I, I, you know this this season for for the Caps is is really slip sliding away. Down to eighth now in that Western Conference. San Jose with the victory surpasses them. San Jose two matches in hand. Seattle just three points back. I. I crapped all over the Sounders. I wasn't the only one. But I just ragged on the Sounders and the pregnant uh, Siggy Schmidt earlier this year. He's long gone. They bring in just a stud in Nicholas Ladero. And look where they are. Three points back of Vancouver. Two matches in hand. It's absolutely stunning how that's worked out for Seattle and how Vancouver has fallen This hard. We talk about the defending. Why do I say we, by the way? It's just me. I talk about the defending. The defending comes up a lot on social media. Fans, uh, media alike, talk about how this Caps defending has been this year. Again, collectively awful. Four backline players haven't been good, uh, obviously, either. Eight of their last ten matches, and, and guess what? They've only won, I think, two wins. Uh, they've gotten two wins out of those ten. But eight of the ten, they have conceded two goals in eight of them. That That's, that's not a good rate, folks. I mean, if, if this is hockey, that's not bad. But in, in the good old-fashioned game of sacker, uh, two is, is too many. The clean sheets. Where are they? You are you are missed. You are missed. I think by by many supporters. That's a that's a, a ugly ugly number with regards to defending. And I talked about the lack of bold moves. Uh, left back. Not uh, I almost called him Nigel. Marcel De Jong, Maybe Nigel's better in that spot. Marcel De Young, Kendall Waston keeping his spot. Uh, Tim Parker. Get out. You go to the far, to the right, and David Edgar slides in. And again, the the bold moves lack thereof. I I'm I would totally like to see, um, Boston sit. Not because I'm trying to be mean, just because I think he's been bad. Maybe you try Tim Parker with David Edgar. The fact that Parker's out there, the policeman, everyone, Tim Parker. The fact that he's out there on the right. And I mentioned this on Friday night. Fraser aired. Um, yeah, he, he, they just don't really have a lot of confidence in you, do they? It, it's a it's a sad but but apparently true story. Uh, this is a guy who came in to play, I guess, a right back, right mid role. And he's been seeing some time mid at midfield, but uh, he his spot at right back through Jordan Smith now Tim Parker, it's it's it appears to be gone now. Maybe there's a change here in the near future, but you know it it just appears that confidence isn't really at a at a high for for Fraser Aird uh, in the in that spot, and and it's a shame because you saw it, you've seen it before, but you saw it in that match against San Jose when Tim Parker's getting turned. The guy's not a right back, he's not. Which then you could say, well, why'd they let go of Stephen Betashore? And, and perhaps that's a fair question. Easy question, but a fair one at the same time. They didn't want to pay him. They thought they had a replacement in him. And they haven't found a suitable replacement. Now, Stephen Betashore wasn't lights out last season. Again, not breaking news. But the belief was they had somebody to replace Stephen Betashore. Whether it was aired, whether it was by committee, they haven't. And, again, I don't know if the right back is the guy that holds that back line together. Historically speaking, not really the case. It's usually the center backs. But the center backs haven't been good either. Hell, I- I've said it a few times. Andrew Jacobson for me. Throw him at center back. I think it was him and Ka, Granted, I think it was against Houston. But they were the center pack, the center back pairing. Got a clean sheet if memory serves. I I throw Andrew Jacobson in and give him a bit of a run. Um, Or again, Parker with Edgar, try them out. Ka and Edgar, they did okay against Central FC and in CCL action. Um, It sounds like I'm really being trying trying to really be harsh here to Kendall Waston. I'm not, but. I think it's, it's almost just a little kind of, kind of, kind of a bit of a slap, you know. Just maybe take take some time off, have a watch, see what's going on here. It it wasn't, by any stretch, it wasn't all on him on Friday night. Again, that was just a poor uh, team effort. David Edgar, are you still yelling? By the way, if you noticed that, people likes to yell also likes to yell, and, and it looks like he's kind of yelling at people when the ball is behind David Osted. Uh It could be his teammate's fault. He'll yell. He might yell at you. He might yell generally. Could be his fault, and he hasn't looked great. Could be his fault. He'll yell. <laughs> Again, I don't know who to. Maybe he's mad at himself. Maybe he wants to pull the old Barry Robson act, I don't know. But uh, old Yeller, he, he, he certainly pulls that off uh, quite a bit. A couple other things I want to mention, and I, I talked about this recently, and I threw it out there on Twitter, and I, I looked back at the season that was for the Caps with regards to substitutions. I don't think I'm reaching here, folks, by the way, but just to get a, an idea of the trend, and it, and it it's very, it, it's, it's very predictable. It's very, very predictable how Robbo and Co. That's, that's a fun name, everyone. Is that the name of a restaurant? Maybe it's a nice sassy lounge in downtown Vancouver. Robbo and company, how they use their substitutions. Now, for me, again, not the coach, not the gaffer, everyone. For me, when you saw that opening forty-five. I thought there was a change to be made. Just to kind of stir it up a bit. But, true to form, predictably, nothing. Wait till between 60 and 70. And sometimes it's just one. Sometimes, hey, let's have some fun. Let's do a double switch. When you bank on a 15-year-old to come in and save the day, right? It's, it's very funny. And from the quick research that I did... And I think I asked you, I called you nerds, by the way, last week. I asked you nerds to, to find out for me, and nobody nobody got back to me, because you're lazy. I'm, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. We're all friends here. But I did look, and it, it it seems to be a lot of between 60 and 70, and then 80-ish. He's used three. He's used all three every game, by the way, this season. All right, so, I guess you can't fault him for trying? I don't know. Um, but it, it just seems incredibly predictable along the way. Um look okay, at Weebs. Weebs bring it up on Friday, by the way, late in the match. It's saying a tweeting, it's truly stunning how far this team has fallen in a few months. Well said, Weebs. Well said. It it's true. It's it's very true. It's a it's a side that hasn't been able to score goals. You know, you look at the forwards. Giles Barnes now with four he's got four on the season. Hasn't had one in a white cap shirt. But Uh, What, it was Rivero, Kudo, and Perez all on two goals. And Morales carrying the load with with six. And Mane, who's hurt, on five. Mesquita's now on three. Teixeira, I think, three. Bolaños has done well as well. But they don't have forwards who can score. The midfield has been all over the map. It hasn't been consistent. It hasn't been hard to play against. And... That's what it boil, boiled down to, really, on, on that second goal. I talked about how Matias Lava got pushed, he ducked, whatever, <laughs> for the for the 1-0 goal. But they were just beaten through the midfield on the second goal. And Marcel De Jong, another guy who comes in here, mid to late on in the season, hasn't looked extremely sharp, loses a battle. Tim Parker gets turned. Cause guess what, everyone? He's not a right back. Ball goes in, great shot by Simon Dawkins, and David Edgar yells. That's 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 what you do. Uh, wash, rinse, repeat, or something like that. I. I it's funny that th- this came up on uh, on Twitter on Monday, uh, by our good friend. Uh, dental damnation do i have to do should i like say sorry after i said that um but he talked about he mentioned the guys on co- who got contract extensions and it's funny that he brought that up he or she i'm sorry i don't know uh, i think it's he um, but it's funny that was brought up though because about a month six weeks ago i was thinking about this and it's a bit humorous when you look at it with David Ostead and Kendall Waston, and Christian Techera all getting contract extensions. Now I'm not going to sit back and, and, and say, well, you know what? They shouldn't have done it. I'm not saying that because based on the previous seasons, it was deserved. They were deserved. Throw in Pedro Morales, who it was probably, I think it was almost a year to the day where he got extended. Um, but when I, I talked about the four guys right there, when you, when you look at things, they have all underperformed. They have regressed this past year. And, and again, I'm not going to pull the woulda, coulda, shoulda and claim that they, you know, try to be smart guy over here and say they shouldn't have given those extensions because as I just mentioned, they deserve them based on the play. Maybe not Pedro. Pedro wasn't great last year. But the others did well. So they were deserved. But it's just funny that, hey, you get you get an extension, you get maybe some more money, you get some security, and you kind of suck. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame. I, I and, and we all know that the Caps uh, love spending money on players. Uh, that was a joke. I was just kidding. So they can't be too thrilled at the fact that these guys who they have... Essentially, given more money to, given more security to, they, they can't be thrilled at the fact that they have underperformed uh, this past season. And as I mentioned, and said it multiple times, and sorry that I've repeated myself, um, this season, with current form, looking ahead at the schedule, slip sliding away. Just like that, women's runner in the 400 on Monday night. Didn't really make sense. She dove. It wasn't a slide. Um, my friend and yours, uh, Curva Collective member, uh, Massimo Pisano he, he threw out one, I think it was at at Weebs. It was, it was, I thought it stood out to me because everybody talks about Stephen Betashore. This is my part of the po- podcast, by the way. It's viewer mail, uh, listener mail. Viewer mail? <laughs> um, he, he mentioned, he, everybody talks about Stephen Bateshaw. What about Gershon and Kofi? And that's an interesting comment, I would say. Now, Kofi kind of was in and out last year. Um, didn't, he, he wasn't a key figure as, say, the year before. But I think they are missing a guy like him. There's no doubt about that. Just a hard guy who can take a foul, that can wake you up and say, hey, I'm here, you're going to have difficulty against me, and I'm probably going to go through you. <laughs> and he's a guy who could go forward too and then chip in with the occasional goal. So that, that that could be something there for sure. A guy like Gershon Kofi um, being missed here. You know, there there was... A lot of talk, and I probably said it as well, that he kind of maybe plateaued. But it's funny how things worked out, isn't it? Because, you know, they, they thought they were safe there with maybe Lava and Tybert, question mark? Um, and so soon into this season, what do they do? They acquire a midfielder in Andrew Jacobson. So it's kind of funny how that's worked out and what's you know been an ongoing problem and I've, I've talked about this and again back line has been pretty bad but I, I want to make sure that I say this time in time out the midfield has been really bad and they could very well be missing uh, just a, a hard a hard man in, in Gersh and Kofi and in, in the middle there I would argue that's a pretty good shout. Do the Caps focus now on the CONCACAF Champions League? Do they? You know, that, that might might be a good question to answer uh, after this weekend if they don't do anything against Sporting Kansas City away. Because days later, and by the way, that Sporting Kansas City side will have played on Tuesday against Central FC, who will have Kenwin Jones apparently in the lineup. So they'll be bolstered by his addition. So with that said, though, Sporting Kansas City should be a bit tired. Don't know how they're going to rotate their squad. But they will have played a match in the midweek. And the Caps are going to go there with, well, yes, there's travel, but they should have some additional energy. And then those two hook up again a couple days later at BC Place in the midweek. So like I said, if things don't work out on Saturday at Kansas City, does Vancouver, the old, uh, you know, future top 25 club in the world, do they look at the CONCACAF Champions League and try to go that route? Very doubtful in my mind. But it might be worth something considering, you know, classic Montreal Impact style from a few years ago. Maybe it was, it was last year? I think it was last year, wasn't it? Wow. Where's the time gone? Um, yeah, I mean, Caps and Bob introduced. you have said, said as much that the CONCACAF Champions League isn't really on the front page for them. It's MLS. It's the playoffs. Hey, let's get to MLS Cup. But if you're going in this direction where you're poor in the league, do you make that move to look at the tournament and try to get through in the CAF Champions League. It's a question. It's a question to be had. Also of note recently, old news. If I had the if I had the sound effect for it, I would do it. This is not breaking. It's old news. But Sam Addikubi, uh, we know, on loan at uh, at Brighton. That's old. Davey Flores going back to Honduras and Kianz Froze uh, not confirmed, I don't believe, just yet, but he's off uh, training at a club in Germany. So not so much Flores, who's had a bit of a tough go and's not with the Honduran side at the Olympics. So that's stung for him, but out of Kubi and Froze, a couple Canadians found the Bob Leonarduzzi quote uh, from Saturday when he appeared on the sport market on TSN 1040. uh, Fairly interesting. And Weebs tweeted it out on Monday where Leonarduzzi told Tom Mayanek that uh, we, we being the Caps, need to balance the player development aspirations with some difference makers. Oh boy. Yeah, that's... that's, um, I suppose that's nice because it's honest, but, yeah, it's it's um, very true. And, you know, that that's, I think, a key term lately, difference makers. We've talked about players across the league and look no further than Seattle with Lodero and what he's done in such a limited time. And, you know... <laughs> And when you look at player development aspirations for Whitecaps FC, that's an interesting comment too. Just because, and, th- and this could be you know a, a thirty, maybe even a sixty-minute conversation, but you know what, what? Where has the development been? You know, they haven't necessarily developed really many regulars. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys come through, leave. You know, Russell Tybert's around. He's having, and I've talked about him a few times, more than a few times this year. For me, he's plateaued. There are players who've come through, haven't been able to crack, get in. Sam Adekubi, Kean's froze, a couple of them. So I think, you know, some big decisions ahead, really, for for this club moving forward with the players of the now versus players of tomorrow they, they have to figure something out there. And, and I, it all ties into this season and, and Major League Soccer. And, and on a bigger scale, I do want to mention this. Just for the fact, and it's, it's an ongoing rivalry. It's actually a bit silly. And by a bit, I mean it's actually really silly. And, and it comes up a lot. Um, well, it happened a little earlier this year slash season. Locally, where I think I was first to break it, everyone. That photo uh, that I that I threw on Twitter of that banner just outside of BC Place, real football returns. What I'm talking about, people, is that CFL, MLS rivalry, and, and we've seen so much of it really in Toronto this summer with the Argonauts moving to BMO Field. Um, that that's going, it's actually gone fairly well, all things considered. From this outsider's perspective, Argos aren't really drawing full houses, um, but there's a great battle there between the old-school Argos fan and the new-school TFC fan. But what I'm getting at is the fact that for a couple years, uh, the BC Lions were crap. They weren't good. And the Whitecaps were in a position And I think they did take that position where they leapfrogged the BC Lions for number two. Now, no, I'm not going to go down the road of an argument about TV ratings because uh, the CFL and MLS in Canada, they don't compare. Although, Although, and I think this is missed by a lot of people, there's an argument to be had about the the meters, the people meters that are used and who has them and where they're located in the country because if, say, there's more than a couple in Saskatchewan, do you think they're going to watch the Rough Riders or they're going to watch the Montreal Impact? I mean, let's wake up a little bit, right? So yes, the TV ratings are not comparable, but... The fact is, Vancouver, with the Canucks not doing well, with the Lions, after a couple of ugly years, down years, the Whitecaps with a a good kind of opportunity. And I think they were taking advantage of it. But when you look at this year, and we won't talk about the Canucks, they're not in the equation right now, because they are number one. But when you look at this year, and you look at what the Caps have done, or, I should say, haven't done. And you look at the BC Lions turning things around. And I'm not going to go down and talk CFL for um, 20 minutes. But, just a quick rundown. They have a winning record. What are they, 4-2? They score about 40 points a game. Um, they make things interesting. They've been pretty entertaining as hell lately. And... Just on Friday, on uh, on Saturday, excuse me, on Twitter alone, it, it was almost a bit of a uh, a lousy cry, almost a plea. A bit, well, people people tweeting, well, oh, they 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 sh- there should be more people here to see this. There should be mo- they they should get twenty one thousand. This lower bowl should be full. Well, come on, people, where are you? Well, guys, come on, they've sucked for a couple of years. You know, did, did you really think they were going to put up 45 and let Hamilton come all the way back and make it close and then score a late touchdown? You didn't know that was going to happen. The cops are after me, by the way. You didn't know that was going to happen. But it did. And what could happen here is the BC Lions, if the Caps continue to trend in this direction, the BC Lions could get back in there. And get some more of that disposable income. And get some more of those fans. By the way, just a quick side note. You are allowed to like both the BC Lions and the Vancouver Whitecaps. You can. You can like both types of football, everyone. Anywho, just just something to uh, to think about? I don't know. Something to consider. It, it's It's an opportunity here that the Caps, for me... And I think for a few others, they're not taking advantage of. I've and I've I've long said or asked or wondered why this club can't get a a player, a named guy. And yeah, there's there's the turf idea. I understand that turf talk. There's there's that idea that you're not going to get. A huge name. But money talks. It does, people. It really does. <laughs> if you throw $5 million at a guy who's maybe 34, coming from a decent European league, who can score goals, he'll come to Vancouver. He'll play on turf. Um, but, you know, as we all know, MLS, they're going broke. It's a poor league. You know, the teams are all losing money. The league's losing money. You know, $200 million expansion fees soon. It's, it's a poor league. There's no money in this league. But Toronto spent some money. But LA spent some money. But Orlando spent some money. New York spent... Oh, wait a second. Um, there, there's opportunities there. And as I've mentioned, for me, the Caps are, are simply not taking advantage of these uh, opportunities, these possibilities. Again, a very pessimistic Elliot Friedman edition of OTP where Ryan Lochte has won another race. Said it once, say it again. You look at that schedule, you look at their recent form, one victory in their last eight, just two points of a possible 15 from their last five matches. It is not shaking down rather well for this white cap side. And the schedule ahead is not pretty, a trip to Sporting Kansas City, a trip to Los Angeles, back home against the New York Red Bulls who stand, where the hell do they stand in that Eastern Conference? They're currently third, but just two points back of their uh, rivals, New York City FC. Yeah, I said that, rivals. I, I fell for the MLS magic powder right there. I must take a pause. You can listen to some music for a few seconds anyways. Um, remember, it's OTP, the province sports radio. It's on soundcloud.com slash off the pitch. I'm on Twitter, at Mike I need another sip of this Milano coffee. And on the other side, Major League Soccer Talk, and just a whole lot of soccer talk a little later on. OTP! We're back to some off-the-pitch sake uh, right here. It's the podcast. It's the podcast, everyone. Province.com, Province Sports Radio, SoundCloud.com, slash off-the-pitch. I almost coughed there. <laughs> uh, I'm on iTunes, everyone. The link is on my Twitter page. Because it's it's a long link, and I, I don't want to tell you it right now. So just go to my Twitter page, at Mike Martinego. And you can uh, find the iTunes link. Be sure to subscribe to download, listen, love, please. OTP, yeah, soccer, brought to you by Pacific Meridian Mechanical. you want great service, done right, check out our friends at Pacific Meridian Mechanical. Full-service mechanical team that has you covered from plumbing, heating, and gas, the initial design, all the way to the finishing touch. Pacific Meridian Mechanical. They oversee your project and ensure that every aspect is handled right. For more info, their website, meridianplumbing.ca. Give them a call. 778-227-8219. That's Nathan. 778-227-8219. Some final Whitecaps FC talk because, well, why not? I talked about that schedule, and I kind of went short-term on you with... Sporting Kansas City and L.A. and New York Red Bulls. That's just three of the final nine matches. Final six. Oh, guess what, folks? Not pretty. (laughs) Not pretty. They got to go to Columbus. Now, Columbus is crap, but they got to go there. And we know, MLS teams at home, pretty decent, kind of. Vancouver's record isn't really decent, by the way, but it's it's okay. It's better than their away record. And then that final five for the Caps, where, with the exception of Colorado, who's going to be a, a, a tough matchup, they take on teams that are in and around them, teams looking at the same prospects as they are, meaning a couple matches, home and away to Seattle in September, early October, And then away to San Jose, and they wrap up the season at home to Portland. And as of right now, just saying, as of right now, 9 to go, doesn't look good. Sorry, not trying to be an old negative Nelly, I don't know. Um, But I'm not. I promise, I'm not. Just based on form, the current trend, not looking good. Um, And quite frankly... In this final nine, I honestly, just based on the way they've played recently, I don't know how many points they would take from that nine. I I can't see them going to Kansas City and grabbing anything. Same for LA. Home to New York, that's probably a draw. Again, uh, unless something turns, there's a flick of the switch, a snap of the fingers, if you will, then I don't know where they're going to find points. But they got to find something quickly if they if they want to have uh, any hope here to get to the uh, MLS postseason and of course pull the ever popular Portland Timbers. You get in, you see what happens, and then you go on a run and you win in the end. Uh, but yeah, they're looking over their shoulders here as Seattle is getting close, just uh, a victory back. With two matches in hand, elsewhere Major League Soccer this past weekend, Vancouver San Jose they were they were in the spotlight on Friday night the eight o'clock kickoff what was it on like Unimas in the states and they were on TSN across Canada and the craps uh the, I said the craps the caps the caps people the caps crapped it they they failed in that one on on Friday night. New York, who I've mentioned a few times, they of the Red Bull variety, a 3 1 victory over Montreal. Columbus and NYCFC played to a 3 3 draw. NYCFC top spot in the East, most goals conceded, most goals allowed in Major League Soccer. Two more than Vancouver, 43 goals allowed. 43 4, 43 against. Stunning numbers. New England's not good, too, by the way. Remember New England came to Vancouver and got a 2-1 victory? They fell at home by a score of 4-0. DC United, another team who took points off the caps, 2-0 victory for them over Portland. FC Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, a 2-2 draw. LA, Colorado, a 1-1 draw. Draws galore. Chicago, Orlando, 2-2. Mentioned Seattle. Lodero with a fantastic goal. They are finding their form now, the Sounders are. 2-1 victory for them over RSL. TFC goes to Houston. A 1-1 draw in a match that was delayed by, what, a day due to weather. I'm telling you, folks, and we know this, I'm Italian. I tweet about Italy. I tweeted a lot about Jovinko Gate. Uh, with regards to Euro 2016 and him not getting selected. I'm usually very biased towards Italian players, full disclosure, uh, but Toronto is making me like Sebastian Jovinko less. (laughs) True story. Um, He apparently is the be-all, end-all. He's he's everything. He is the world. He does no wrong. Um, He... Does a lot right for TFC. Uh, a team that really needs media coverage. That was another uh, talking point over the past, I don't know, seven to ten days. And yeah, no, I, I you know what? Uh, truthfully, seriously, sure, they could get more media coverage. There's no doubt about it. Just like Vancouver could. And I think, I think, I'm not in Montreal, so I, I can't say for for sure, but probably, like Montreal, would like more media coverage. The funny thing about all of this is, is that it's so easy to come out and state these claims after TFC has won, or had won, four games in a row. Um, and I mentioned it last week on the old tweet machine, at Mike Martinego if you're wondering, that they were probably fortunate that media in Toronto weren't talking about them for the first really nine years or eight years of that franchise. Because if they were getting the treatment of the Blue Jays, maybe Raptors, Maple Leafs, um, they would have probably folded by now. They would have gone into hiding. And I just found, I just, I just find it slash found it so funny that, you know, this this I don't know, controversy. These questions were being raised post four match winning streak. It's it's amusing. Well, you know what? If you want you want more media coverage. They should be talking about the fact that they failed to beat a very poor ten man Houston side. I think the, the questions should be thrown out there. Why not? What would happen? And like I said earlier this week It's all about 2D and the facts of life I mean you You take the good and you take the bad So they're And it's just like with the Caps And it's just like with this podcast If the Caps are doing well, I'll tell you they're doing well They're not Like right now For the past while Oh, I'll tell you they're doing bad It goes both ways So, again Just funny That all the shouts came post-four-match win streak. I mean, this has not been a successful side in Major League Soccer for a long period of time. And now, you know, we, we're we we're, we're shaking fists, everyone. We are pissed. We want to see more coverage of Toronto FC in Toronto. I don't know why I said we. I'm not part of that. But I just, again, found it extremely amusing. But they're looking good, TFC, this season. They are looking pretty safe for a playoff spot in that, um, well, pretty poor Eastern Conference. I would find it absolutely shocking if Toronto FC didn't take first when all said and done in that Eastern Conference. Because NYCFC and their goals-allowed number alone is shocking and they should not be in top spot in that Eastern Conference. TFC's a point back of them. they got New York Red Bulls, who are a very good side, just a point back of of them, um, them being TFC. So it's 38-37-36, TFC on 37. Philadelphia's there, but for me, Philadelphia, Montreal haven't been, and maybe they they got some time here to find their form, but Montreal have been kind of hit and miss. A lot of bad teams in that Eastern Conference. D.C. United, Orlando under the bar, New England, Columbus, Chicago, 19 points, the worst team in this league. They are worse than Houston, everyone. Hell, Columbus is worse than Houston. So, TFC uh, should get in. Montreal right now should get in. The Caps, if you're wondering. Not looking good. Uh, Last pause for me while I go listen to the Facts of Life theme song and I will wrap it all up on the other side talk some Olympics talk some Europe it's Off The Pitch it's sake just about time to wrap it up here on Off The Pitch the podcast I'm Mike martinego On Twitter, at Mike Martinago. Uh, It's on the province.com. Province Sports Radio. Soundcloud.com slash off the pitch. Again, I am on iTunes. So cool. Subscribe. Listen, love. Oh, download too. Download. Please download. Please. You must. Off the pitch. Brought to you by Milano Coffee on Denman in Vancouver. Serving award-winning espresso. Homemade gelato. For more information, their website, milanocoffee.ca. Give them a follow on Twitter, at Milano Denman. It's Milano Coffee, everyone. West Coast heart, Italian, Seoul, Italy, Spain. Those leagues, they get going this coming weekend. Germany, in two weeks' time, as uh, Carlo Ancelotti already picking up uh, a trophy with a victory over... Borussia Dortmund uh, this past weekend but the Premier League nearly said Barclays the Premier League with the new Lion King logo I will say this though the nice bright colors the graphics they are looking pretty sharp on the the game production of it all I'm um, I'm a bit of a fan I, I don't mind them one bit a nice look here, uh, as uh, we've, we saw a full slate of action from the Premier League. I said it before, some big-name managers were making their um, Premier League debuts. That would include Pep Guardiola, Manchester City, Antonio Conte, and Chelsea. Um, we'll, we'll look at that in, uh, in a matter of moments. But Jose Mourinho at Manchester United, 3-1 victory for them over Bournemouth. Pretty good in the end for Moo. can I call him that? How stupid was Paul Pogba's situation? How his suspension from, and I think it, was, it wasn't even Serie A, it was Coppa Italia, that the Premier League honored that suspension. So that Paul Pogba, granted, he's had a pretty short offseason. He's been, I think, all throughout the United States, in Miami, New York, Los Angeles, living the life the big move to United, so he probably wouldn't have started um, or, or at least gone all 90 minutes. Maybe could have made a cameo, but couldn't because of his suspension for yellow card accumulation from the Coppa Italia, so uh, he did not play. But with all that said, big contributions from Wayne Rune, as the Italians like to say, Juan Mata, who looked like he had a foot out the door, but apparently he's going to stay he scores, and Zlatan, everybody, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, scoring the three-nil goal with uh, I think the, some kids would call it a daisy cutter from distance. Uh, maybe some questionable, questionable goalkeeping by Artur Boruts, but three-nil uh, at the time. Three-one, the eventual score. Some pretty, some let's be honest, some pretty decent performances for a number of United players under. Jose Mourinho, uh, Anthony Martial, uh, despite the uh, drama with his, um, I think it was girlfriend, uh, who, who came out and, and talked negatively about him. Uh, I think it was to The Sun, but he had two assists, and he tried to squash that afterwards on Twitter. Um, but Ander Herrera had a good match in the middle of the park. And United will only improve with uh, some more additions along the way. And, when and you know, it, this is a, a very different-looking United side from just a season ago. I mean, Memphis Depay was was supposed to be a star for United last year. Here he is getting in minute number 89 as a replacement for, for Wayne Rooney. So, and, and again, Paul Pogba to be added to the mix very soon. But a, a good start for Manchester United, and we'll see what kind of... Uh, title challenge they could potentially make here this uh, upcoming Premier League season. How about Leicester, everyone? Was it the first one since 89, the first defending champion to lose their opening fixture of the following year, losing at Hull? And Hull is complete shambles, but they lost Leicester. And and I talked about it on the, I think it was on the most recent, last last week's uh, podcast. I just don't know about Leicester. I think, you know, with the Champions League, they are going to be in tough. I know it's just one game. And I know I was talking about Leicester uh, with regards to a performance in the International Champions Cup against PSG. But, you know, (laughs) post-match, and this is, I think, what, two, three weeks ago now, post-match of that International Champions Cup where they lost to PSG 4-0, Claudio Ranieri was answering questions. And one of them was, you know, what are the goals for this year? What are you going to do? I mean, you won the title. You're in the Champions League now. What is the idea? What's the plan? Considering you've lost N'Golo Kante, you very well could lose Riyad Mahrez. What's the idea? And he said to stay up. And it drew some laughs, but... And again, this is a title, title-winning side, and it's only—it's very early. I'm not going to go down that road, but maybe, maybe he does mean it a bit. You know, I—I I don't, you know, I don't know if Leicester's going to get an eighty-plus point season again this year. <laughs> they could be around the fifty range. Um, I think it's going to be tough sliding for Leicester City, and it, and it—it's—it's, it's, you know, there's. What happened last year was amazing. It was wonderful. It was magnificent. It was all positive words. Uh, but it's going to be extremely difficult to uh, replicate what happened. And then watch them do it on 5,000 to 1 odds and I'm the idiot with the uh, podcast here in, in August 2016. Quickly run through here. Uh, Scott Arfield, Canadian international. Yes, he's kind of Canadian. Uh, But he played in Burnley's return to the Premier League. They fall to Swansea 1-0. Crystal Palace, uh, the good buddies of Whitecaps FC, long-time friends. They fell in their opener to West Bromwich Albion by a score of 1-0. Everton, Tottenham 1-1 draw. Middlesbrough, Stoke, a 1-1 draw. Very interested with this Middlesbrough side. And some shrewd signings, the likes of Victor Valdez and uh, Alvaro Negredo. And uh, Gaston Ramirez, who was once upon a time very big in Syria, went to Southampton, struggled with injury, and then went out on loan to Middlesbrough, got them to the Premier League. He got an assist on Negredo's goal this weekend. Uh, But a bit of a Spanish, uh, kind of Latin American influence with that that Middlesbrough side. Very curious to watch what happens with them. Southampton, Watford playing to a 1-1 draw. Pep Guardiola, Manchester City, uh, perhaps a bit fortunate two-one victory over Sunderland. It's it, this is this is going to be a test for Pep Guardiola this year, and I mentioned it on Twitter on Saturday, the fact that this this side he has, it, it, he's never really had a side that hasn't been that good. I mean, City's good, but compared to his Barcelona teams, his Bayern Munich teams. They aren't that good. And we'll see what happens here in the next little while. reports that he signed goalkeeper Claudio Bravo from Barcelona. Uh, The Chilean international, which would mean the end of Joe Hart. And, you know, the history that player has with the club. So that, you know, it's a bold decision. See what happens with Yaya Toure. I don't know how he's still there, by the way. Um, Considering the past that he and Pep have... Um, it's going to be an ongoing process, but three points to start a tough match against David Moyes and company Arsenal Liverpool in a bit of a laugher Four three Liverpool at the Emirates Arsenal defending Ooh, injury concerns <laughs> goodness me Arsene Wenger. Um, I don't know if I've completely jumped on the Wenger out train, but, uh, there's got to be something to it. I, I don't understand how that club doesn't spend money I really don't um, I mean they they make money hand over fist there and I'm and I've seen it firsthand going to the Emirates on a, a number of occasions I mean it's it's a it's a very well-run machine but uh, the fact that they don't really add many pieces has to be frustrating for a uh, Arsenal supporter and oh yeah Chelsea Antonio Conte 2-1 victory for them over West Ham. You've, you've probably already seen them. You'll, you'll see them again. Conte celebrations. They, they are something to behold, aren't they? Um, <laughs> the How animated this guy is. You know, as, a, as an AC Milan fan, I'm not supposed to really like Antonio Conte because he was the manager of Juventus. Um, but he went on to the Italian national side. He he's won me over, and I'm, ver- I'm very much watching this uh, Chelsea side very closely this year. I don't want to say that they're my team. I won't do that, as I don't really have a team in the Premier League anymore. Rest in peace, Bolton. But I will watch this Chelsea side fairly close, just to see how how he does. Um, he outmanaged a lot. Uh, of coaches, managers at Euro 2016, he's uh, pretty forward-thinking, and he, this Chelsea side today looked a bit reinvigorated under Conte, and they dominated West Ham. I mean, West Ham was fortunate to get that goal uh, from a kind of a broken set piece, James Collins, James Collins with a great shot. Uh, But up until that point, it was all Chelsea, all day. Did they have many clear-cut opportunities? No, not really. But they were dominant, in possession, in controlling the play, extremely organized. And the the big task for Conte is how he's going to get that with all those players, all those egos. Are they going to be able to buy in? Is Conte going to be able to get that week in, week out, all the way through? To mid-May, that's going to be the big task for him. But a pretty decent start, all things considered. If you're watching the... Uh, you're not. You're absolutely not. I'm just doing this because I, I want to and I'm Italian. And that's my heritage. But four Italian managers in the Premier League. And uh, uh, pretty decent results uh, for the, uh, the quad. What? Conte a victory. Francesco Guidolin... At Swansea, he's victorious. Swansea sold, like, everybody off this, this offseason, too. So, uh, granted, a victory at Burnley, and it's Burnley, but pretty decent, considering. Walter Mazzari uh, at Watford with a 1-1 draw against Southampton. They fell to 10 men, so not bad for him. He did not smoke in the dressing room. And Claudio Ranieri with a loss uh, for Leicester the hull. Curious to see what happens with Cesc Fabregas uh, at Chelsea as Antonio Conte did not play him in that victory over West Ham. Lots of rumor that, uh, well, he's looking to go to Spain, Juventus is interested, etc., etc., but uh, it would appear that Fabregas has been displaced in that Chelsea lineup uh, through the likes of N'Golo Conte and Nemanja Matic. Champions League playoff for the group stage taking place. Not going to talk much about that because you're listening to this and it's probably happening or already happened. So yeah, no point. Olympics. Women. Canada. It's kind of the same situation here because of the, the timeline here. But I mentioned it earlier. Um, stunning performance for them against the French and, and I have said this prior to the tournament and kind of in the lead-up I didn't really think that Canada was gonna do much I thought they were kind of regressing but this tournament has opened up so much now that uh, Sweden was able to knock out the Americans in the quarterfinals Brazil and Sweden on one side you'd fancy the host in that one and a rematch from a group from the group stage between Canada and Germany um, uh, Yeah. Again, there's no point to really go into too much detail because um, you can just fast forward this part, right? I I don't care. It doesn't matter. But uh, a good run by this Canadian women's side at the Rio 2016 games. Germany, Nigeria, Honduras, Brazil on the men's side for Rio 2016. I am done. All the soccer talk has come to an end. So much soccering, can't stop, won't stop, soccer for life. What the hell am I talking about? Thanks so much for listening. Um, it, it's been fun. province.com, province sports radio, soundcloud.com slash off the pitch. I'm on Twitter, at Mike Martinago. Thanks again. Oh, yeah, we're on iTunes. Talk to you next week. Off the pitch, soccer.